Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. Today, I'm so excited to introduce Hannah Cruz to you. She is a former news reporter and now social media content creator. She is the queen of TikToks and Instagram reels. <laughs> She's a wife and a mother of two. She loves to empower women in the areas of marriage, motherhood, faith, and health. And it was just a great conversation about her birth stories. But we didn't just stop with her telling us her birth stories, which were wonderful. But we really dive into mental readiness around unmedicated birth and how important it is to not just prepare educationally wise, but also emotionally and combating some of the lies that we're told through our culture and through the medical model of care that can kind of put a hitch in planning for our unmedicated birth and really making an empowered birth a little bit more difficult. So it was just such a great conversation and I'm so excited for you to listen in. Before we get into the show though, I just love that I can keep all of this information, all of these amazing interviews free to you. And it is just my heart and my mission to share and give you all of the information you need to make informed choices. And I just see culture changing. The world is so crazy at the moment. And having access to information to experience an empowered birth, it's been life-changing for me. And I'm so thankful for all of the free information that was out there. But to be honest, it takes a lot of really hard work and it takes a lot of money to give you all the information you need. So if you love this podcast, if you have benefited from this podcast, If you want more content and you're just like, this podcast isn't enough, I would highly, highly encourage you to go to patreon.com slash empowered birth podcast, and you can choose from three different tiers. And that monthly is what is supporting this podcast because there are supporters on here who really support the mission. And I'm just so appreciative. But the more supporters, and sponsors and donations that we have, the more content I'm able to put out. And that is just my heart. It, I love having these interviews with amazing people come on the show because our stories matter and our stories are what helps us listen to our intuition and gives us confidence that the decisions we are making are the right ones. And so this is such a beautiful thing that I have been called to do. I want to take this moment to thank everybody who has supported me and is supporting me. This is not just an Allie show. This is not just a Allie knows it all and has all the information, but it's really sharing, giving a platform to these women who have amazing stories, have amazing lessons to share. And I just want to be that tool, that resource, that connection point where women can learn and be encouraged and have the information and be empowered. So again, patreon.com backslash empowered birth podcast. I would just appreciate any support that you have. So without further ado, let's get into this amazing interview with the Hannah Cruz. 
Welcome to the Empowered Birth Podcast. I'm Allie McLean, registered nurse, home birth doula, and former feminist. My mission is to guide you into the freedom that is God's design for femininity, birth, and motherhood. There's a movement happening of powerful women uniting around finding out God's best for us. You're going to find information here that you won't find in your basic childbirth education class. You'll hear stories of women and birth professionals who are experiencing the redeeming experience that birth can be. You're going to get all the information you need to confidently navigate your way from pregnancy to postpartum and beyond. Are you ready to go on a Holy Spirit empowered adventure? Then stick around. You're exactly where you should be. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on the Empowered Birth Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited too. So today we're going to be hearing about your two children's birth stories. And we were just talking a little bit beforehand how important birth stories are and just Mm -hmm. what is going on in the world and why there might be an increase and more empowered births. And so I'm really excited to hear how you came upon making these decisions for your children. So would you just take a quick moment and introduce who you are, what you do, and then we'll get into those stories. Yes. I'm Hannah Cruz. I'm a mom of two, wife of almost nine years now to my amazing husband, Blaine. Blaine and I got married really, really quickly, and we did not intend to have children for quite a while, but as birth control does, sometimes I was one of the very few where I got pregnant on birth control. So that was a blast and it totally (laughs) terrified me. me. So obviously, you know, becoming a mother has been just as terrifying, just knowing that the process of everything, there's so many fears of the unknown. And there's so many things are like, I don't know if I'm prepared for this. I don't know if I'm ready for this, but I have learned in this journey that there is literally nobody more fitting to be my children's mother than me. There is nobody more fitting to be your children's mother than you. So there's just so many wonderful things that I have learned about motherhood. And through that, I've been able to kind of talk about it online. So I started a little online blog on Instagram and Facebook, but mainly I focus on Instagram and TikTok now. So all these videos I'm putting out now that talk about the joys of motherhood, the realness of motherhood, marriage, health, things, just all kinds of encompassing things that women do face every single day. And it's been really fun. So now I've gotten to know so many people online that have very similar stories to mine. And it's just really, really cool to see all that kind of transpiring as the years progress for sure. Yeah. Your videos on Instagram are hilarious. I have (laughs) watched them and you know how it is. You get on Instagram and you see like a funny video and then you just kind of get hooked. And so I was just going through reels and they're great. So yes, check them out. They are good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So let's get into first off your daughter was born in 2014, right? So back around that time when you were pregnant, sounded like a little bit sooner than you were expecting. What was going through your mind of when it came to birth? What was your decision process like when it came to making those decisions that a lot of times first time moms have no idea the amount of decision making that has to happen? Right. And so what was that like for you? Were you one to kind of push those decisions on someone else? Or how did you go about doing that? Yeah. Well, I think because it was so sudden and it was so unexpected, I didn't have the time to really process what plan I even had in the beginning. I mean, being that newly married and then that quickly 
pregnant, it was really hard for me to process at first. Like this is really happening. Like I'm actually going to have a baby. So when I, I think after a couple of months and I really wasn't very sick with her. So it was almost like, is this even real? I don't even know if this is real. So I, it took me a couple of months until I finally started really showing that I was like, okay, I need to probably like figure out what I'm going to do. I don't know anything about this other than how to get pregnant. I know that, but I don't know like what <laughs> to do during pregnancy. And I don't know about anything about birth. And so I did have an OBGYN that I was talking to, but I just always felt this like little bit of a pit in my stomach. Like, I don't know if this is the route that I really want to go. And I really didn't have any reason for it. My OBGYN was wonderful and she was always so good to me, but I just felt like I needed to do something different. And especially since it was my first, I wanted to make sure that I did it in a way that was going to be best for me, for my family, for my daughter. And so I ended up hearing about the documentary business of being born. And I watched that documentary. And while I was watching that documentary, I guess there was a few episodes before I finished the series, I had two different friends have children, both of them, they had either at a birth center or at home. And so as I'm watching these things on the television, and then as I'm hearing my friends' experiences, I'm thinking, gosh, like maybe this is why I felt so pulled to at least researching a little bit of a different route for myself. And I heard the amazing stories from my friends and the comparison that they had between the birth that they just had and their hospital birth. And then I watched all the amazing things from business of being born. And I think that it really made me think I can do this. If I can do anything, I think that I can do this. And I just felt really comfortable with that decision. And so I talked to my husband about it. I talked to my family about it. Of course, my husband's mother is a nurse. And so she was terrified of the idea. My mom was just like, whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm with you all the way, whatever we're going to do. But I feel like I still felt really comfortable knowing that my mother-in-law was a nurse. I at least had somebody that was familiar with the medical field and she was going to be there with me and she was going to know things that maybe I didn't. My mother was just the peaceful you know, voice of reason for me in the room. So I, throughout the process, I was like, okay, this is kind of what I want to do. So I was researching different birth centers because at the time we weren't living in a place that was conducive to maybe having a big tub in the house. It was just this tiny, tiny little apartment above, like it was like a duplex, but it was kind of in an attic. So we didn't have the space. So I was researching about birth centers and I found one and I had the best midwife ever. And she was so great with me. She was so tender and so reassuring. And so the whole process with her made me feel like I could totally do this too, unmedicated. But the place that this birth center was at was close enough to a hospital to where if anything crazy happened, I would be able to get transported. And so as uh, things got a little bit closer, my daughter's due date approached. And that evening was whenever I started feeling like I was having some contractions. And again, I had been through the classes, I'd watched the videos, but nothing really prepared me for what I was going to feel. And again, I think that was just the naivety in my mind and the newbie in me. I was just like, this will be fine. I'll just, you know, this will be great. Well, I wasn't really mentally prepared for the kind of pressures and sensations that do come with birth. And so the next day, the day after her due date, the active labor really, really started happening. My water broke. And once that happened, things started escalating very quickly. The birth center was 45 minutes away from my home. And it happened to be whenever my water broke and I started really going into transition very quickly that it was five o'clock traffic in Fort Worth, Texas. And it was nuts. So I pretty much did transition in the car the entire way to the birth center. I don't think that we were at the birth center 
for maybe like an hour or two before the baby finally came. But for me, with this first experience, the intensity of the pressures and the contractions were so strong for me that I kind of blacked out a little bit. I was just like, I don't really know what's going on. Finally, they had to sit me down in a, I guess, like the horseshoe chair in order to finally have her because her heart rate was dropping a little bit. And she did end up coming. And by that time, I kind of came to, I was like, okay, like we're here, we're alive, everybody's good. But it was a pretty, whenever I look back on it, I feel like that first experience was a little bit, I wouldn't say traumatic, but I would say, I don't think that I was mentally prepared for what I was getting into. As many videos as I saw, as many things that I had heard from other people, I look back and I'm like, I think that I could have done that a little bit differently. So when I got pregnant with my second, I was like, I am going to do this different, but I know what to expect, but I feel like there's got to be something else that I can do. And so I started Facebooking people and messaging people and saying, what did you do to mentally prepare yourself for the sensations of birth? And so many people recommended things like hypnobirthing and hypnobabies was a program that I ended up going with. So I chose this hypnobabies program and it was really, really interesting. I, for about six weeks before I gave birth to my son, every single day I would be listening to these tracks and she would be so calmly and so peacefully telling you, okay, this next thing is just a pressure wave. And once this pressure wave comes, you are never going to feel it again. And she just did so many really cool things within that program that made me mentally prepared for what was to come. And so whenever I had him here at the house, so I didn't go to the birth center route that time we had moved. And so we had the space, we got the water tub all ready to go. And I ended up having him here at the house and it was just so much better for me. I tell people it was 80% less painful for me the second time around because of the program that I did, because I was able to get my mind prepared. I knew what was coming. I knew how to breathe through it, how to get past this next stage. So that for me was huge. And I think that that was the, probably the catalyst to making birth kind of like a, a fun and beautiful thing for me to remember rather than, you know, scary and unknown and painful and all those things that I think that people tend to underestimate how it might feel, especially at first. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I love that. There was a couple of things that stood out to me when you were talking about your your daughter's birth. And the first thing was you mentioned, I got a pit in my stomach Mm -hmm. and I just had the feeling that I wanted something different. Yeah. And there's, I know there's a lot of women out there that have pits in their stomach every time Mm -hmm. they walk into their doctor's office, but there's so many lies going through their head that like, well, I chose this person. I have to stick with them Mm -hmm. or they hear maybe I don't want to hurt their feelings. Right. Now that's another one that, so was there any of those lies going through your head before you started to think about switching? I think the lies that were being presented in my head was just fear. I didn't want to hurt myself. I didn't want to hurt the baby. I didn't want to do something that wasn't well-researched or well, I didn't want to be uneducated going into the process. And so I think that that was probably preventing me from wanting to even do the research in the first place was this is going to end badly. And that was what I would hear from doctors or from people in the medical field. Just, I really do know that they exaggerate the numbers of Uh, quote unquote deaths or, you know, injury or whatever it is, because in my own personal experience, I've had so many people go this route. 
And so I didn't want to get succumbed to the fear of that. And I tried my very, very best to reach out to people that have done this before me, experts in the field, expert midwives, reading all the things, watching all the documentaries. And so, yeah, I feel like the fear that was being told to me and then to others or things that I would read, that was probably what was trying to stop me from doing what I wanted to do. But eventually I knew that the pit in my stomach was just the Holy spirit guiding Mm -hmm. me to doing something different. Yeah. And isn't that how it goes though? I mean, the fear is what pushes a lot of people into making decisions. And one of the greatest lessons I learned from my first home birth, my midwife, mm-hmm. I, we, I had just gotten a scary ultrasound report and I was mm-hmm. calling her crying and I'm like, I just don't know what to do. Do I go to the hospital? Or do mm-hmm. I just give this whole home birth thing up? I was a VBAC mom. So of yeah. course, like keep on extra death scares and yes. everything on top of that. Well, she said one thing that will never leave my mind. And she said, Allie, in the most calm voice, Hallie, I never make decisions out of fear. Mm. And I was like, whoa, is oh that gosh. what I'm doing right yes. now? Am I really considering making a decision because I'm fearful of something? Yes. So powerful. So I'm so glad you listened to that, that Holy Spirit yeah. instinct and follow that. Because look at what comes from it when we listen. Oh, yeah. And I love that your midwife said that because my midwife would say very similar things to Mm -hmm. me just to kind of calm my mind and to make me feel more comfortable. And she would tell me, she said, people have been having babies for thousands and thousands and Mm -hmm. thousands of years. Western medicine didn't kick in until even after the people settled this place. I mean, this is something that is very new. And a lot of the procedures are done to appease the doctor themselves. A lot of the mm-hmm. procedures are done to make or insurance easier. Yeah, or insurance, mm-hmm. make things easier for the people that are actually helping with the birth rather than the best interest in mind for possibly the right. mother or even the baby. And in my own mind too, I was just like, I don't even know if I want to get shot up with anything. I was a little bit wary about an epidural. I was a little bit wary about any sort of uh, pain medication just because I just wanted to make sure that every, any and everything that I could do as holistically, naturally, and unmedicated as possible, then I wanted to do that first. And then of course, I'm grateful for Western medicine. I'm grateful for the things that the life-saving procedures that they do have that I'm open to and that I was willing to do in case something did happen. But before that, I was like, let's just do it the way people have done it for thousands of years. And then let's see what happens after that. Yeah. And you had said something about how you would reach out to your community Mm -hmm. and it just reinforces that community is so important because when we are getting our information from a wide range of sources and not just following, you know, what they say, follow the science, but you follow the science along with the experience that many, many, many women are having. And then you make that decision based on what the Holy spirit and your family has decided is best. So Mm -hmm. just reinforce that community is so, so, so important. Yes. I so agree. A hundred percent. Yes. So when you, you were talking about Blaine and how you talked to him about kind of switching from an OB and it sounds like he might have grown up a little bit more medically minded. Mm-hmm. Would that be yes. accurate? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. a nurse too. So when oh, I okay. decided this, I was like, oh my goodness, this is yeah. way going against my programming. Like yes. this is yes, this is, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I could understand how that could have been a difficult decision. What were those conversations like? Yeah. I expect I really didn't know 
how he would respond. I think that I was very shocked to see that he was pretty on board from the very beginning. And I think part of that does have to do with, yes, though his mother is a nurse and she had all those years of experience, she had been really looking into holistic remedies and all kinds that she really started going down the path of a naturopath for many, many years, even before that. So she was already doing research on vaccines. She was already doing research on um, so many other things that I guess leaned her more towards the opposite direction of what she was taught before. And so I think because of that, and because we trusted the things that she had not only read, but also the things that I had been researching and reading, they were very, very trustworthy. And then obviously the things that I was hearing from people that have done this before me, I think it made Blaine feel way more safe and secure. Now, obviously with this being our first, he wanted to go to every appointment. He wanted to make sure that he was aware of the process and aware of what was going on. So I think that it really did put his mind at ease when he was able to speak with my midwife, when he he was able to speak with even the other midwives that were residents at this uh, specific birth center. And so that was huge. I did have a doula with my first and the doula was the wife of one of his really good friends. And so I think that also, and they had like five kids. And so I think that that experience made him think, okay, my bro did it. Like he did it with his wife. So I think it should be okay. So I think that it's very, very, very important, especially with first babies for the spouse to be very involved and for him to just understand it as much as you understand what's going to happen because it just eliminates fear completely. And it not only made me feel more safe and secure, but I think that he felt that way, especially even during the process too. Yeah. To mm-hmm. have them a part of the decision-making is so important yeah. because you you guys are a team. I mean, you yeah. made the baby together, you're exactly. the baby together. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing when you guys are on the same page like that. And yeah. Yeah. With my own husband, the thing that helped him the most is talking with the midwife as well. So it's yeah. like, have that meeting yes. and that does really eliminate so many fears, which is yes. wonderful. Yes, absolutely. And since then it's been great because since both of my experiences, I've seen kind of a rip and in talking about it and being open about it. I've seen a ripple effect of not only people within my circle, but then other people that maybe follow me on Instagram or that have a online relationship with me exploring these things too. So I cannot count how many friends of mine would reach out and say, you know, I was afraid to even go that route, but I looked it up and my hospital has this great option of having midwives within the hospital. And so I am going to pursue that. And that just sounds wonderful. And then that way I'm in house. And so, you know, there's just so many things that I would get messages about that allowed people to feel more empowered. Like there are actual other options that you can pursue. And like I said, there are hospitals even that have midwives in house. If you don't want to go to a birth center, if you'd rather not do it at home, there's really, really so many opportunities that you can look at. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's the thing is it's hard to be empowered when you don't know what your decisions are. Exactly. Like if you just think, oh, there's only one way and you kind of get I mean, I experienced it myself being kind of sucked into like this medical model of having a baby. And once you're there, it's really hard to climb your way out. Right. So that's why like community, when you're surrounding yourself before making any decisions, like do your research and it's a lot easier to kind of go along with the right decisions when you when you know all of your options and and then you don't feel out of control as much. So that's so good. Yeah. So with your son, what Mm -hmm. was your, okay. 
Well, first with your daughter, how fast was her labor? It was so fast. It was, it was, uh, my water broke, I believe at five 30, I think she was born at eight 30. And oh, that yeah. was, and a lot of that, uh, laboring and all that stuff happened in the car on the way over there. Mm-hmm. So it was extremely quick with my son, my water broke the night before. And so I think it broke around 10 30 at night. Midwife came over immediately and her crew, because she thought, okay, this girl mm-hmm. has babies fast. So she's going to, she's going to have this baby tonight. But nothing really progressed. And so we went to sleep and then she woke me up at around eight o'clock in the morning the next day and got me walking. And yeah, that's whenever it kicked in. He showed up finally at around 1230, I think. So it was afternoon or yes. So from the time I rolled out of bed until he was born, I believe it was also still around three, three and a half hours. So yeah, it was really fast. Yeah, those are fast labors. And I can imagine for a first time mom having that quick of labor, it's kind of hard to catch your breath. You don't really know what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's why I was so intense because Mm -hmm. I'd never had a baby before. I didn't realize how intense it would be. And with the quickness of it, yeah, I think that it it caused me to kind of lose my mind for a second. Um, Which part of that is just a physiological response to keep you laboring, you know? And so that's amazing that our bodies can almost go into this, like, well, I mean, you called it a blackout where our bodies just kind of go into that state of euphoria and just another world where you're like, whoa. And then when you come and you're pushing, you kind of come back into your body a little bit and it's bizarre, isn't it? You're like, okay, okay. I'm here. Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly how I felt. And then with, with my second, because I prepared my mind a Mm -hmm. little bit differently, I was completely coherent and aware Mm -hmm. the entire time. I'm so grateful to that because I wanted to be able to remember my daughters the way that I remembered my sons. And in a way it's sad for me to look back on that, but I mean, his birth was, was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I would do it over and over again. If my Mm -hmm. husband didn't get a vasectomy, (laughs) I'm so tired of being pregnant. I was like, I don't know if I can do this again. The birth part, that's fine. But the pregnancy, the second time was difficult. And he was also a week and a half late. And so I was like, pull this child out of my nose or anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Get any crevice of my body, get him out. Mm-hmm. Like it was just a long, but then I looked that up too. That's very normal. But again, oh, yeah. that was a contrast to my first who came literally the day after her birth. So there was mm-hmm. just, oh, it's just so different each time. Thanks. It's so different for everyone. It's not this cookie cutter thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was also a problem that I had with just going the normal medical route was they try to make it very cookie cutter for everybody. And it's just, it just doesn't work that way. And so, yeah, it's just very crazy. Yeah. When you start looking at birth as, I mean, there's kind of two camps of birth is a medical event. And if it is a medical event, it should be managed like a medical problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's how decisions are made when you're part of the medical kind of center care. But -hmm. when you look at birth as Birth is a physiological process mm-hmm. that has been around since the beginning of mankind. Yeah. And that is the way that you make decisions out of it. It's a normal bodily function that just yes. happens. Most of the time it works, right? Yes. And like, if it doesn't work, then I go to the other side where I like actually be managed, right? Exactly. Yeah. To me, I that agree. makes sense now, but it was hard to see in the beginning when we were told over and over and over again, well, this mm-hmm. is a problem. Yes. You know, yes. you need, you need somebody a little bit smarter than you 
Right. To manage. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's, and that was also really cool about my first was after I gave birth to lace, all of a sudden I did start hemorrhaging. Mm. And so whenever that was happening, what was these, these precious little midwives, I will never forget this. They would take the clots that were coming out and then they were weighing them mm-hmm. and they were weighing them to see, okay, is this too much? Like what's, what's going on here? So they knew exactly the amount that was going to be where I could recover from this or to where I would need to be rushed to the hospital. So it was really neat to see that they know what they're doing. They really, really knew what they were doing. And they were just these little mice, like just so, oh, just so sweet and just so cute. And just like, but they were so smart and they just knew what was happening. My bless my mother-in-law's heart. She sees me hemorrhaging and she's immediately like, oh my gosh, we got to transport her. But I ended up being totally fine. And so, and I'm grateful for that because I can only imagine the medical bills that I would have had if I had gone over there when I, it was just not necessary for the time. And so, yeah, it was really cool to see that these midwives, they have experience and they know what they're doing. It's amazing. Yeah. Did you hemorrhage with your second? With no, your son? no, no. Not Why at do all. you think that is? You know, I don't know. I'm really not sure. I tore with my first mm-hmm. and I didn't tear with him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was just a first time birth thing, or I don't know if my, my body was just responding differently with how mm-hmm. fast it was. But his, uh, the recovery process, even with him was, was such a breeze. It was mm. so easy. Yeah. It was wonderful. Oh, mm-hmm. I love that. Well, mm. looking back at Lisa's birth, when you think of that whole thing, start to finish, what would you say the underlying lesson is that you learned from her? I think the underlying lesson, the, the main one that, that I tell all first time moms or people that want to try a birth center or unmedicated birth or a home birth for the first time, I always recommend doing a, some sort of hypno birthing or hypno babies class beforehand, because I look back and I'm like, man, if I had only done that, I felt like I had read the articles. I had watched the videos. I had watched the documentaries. Yes. That part. I understood all of that. I knew where she was coming out of. I knew the parts of my body that were going to be affected during this. But I think that you know, looking back, the biggest lesson is to mentally and emotionally prepare yourself for this event, because let's be real. It's intense. It's beautiful. It can sometimes be scary. It can sometimes be a little bit unknown, but yeah, definitely getting my mind into a place where I wasn't seeing each contraction as pain or as punishment or as excruciating. I was seeing it the second time around as blissful pressure. It's a wave, just like the waves of the ocean and the waves of the sea, it's going to swell up and then it's going to die down and then you can rest and you will never experience that wave ever again. You're just one more wave closer to your baby. So I think that that's probably the biggest lesson that I did learn. Yeah, that's powerful. You mentioned it's not punishment. And I was just like, oh my goodness, that is probably what, especially if you're a Christian, you know, what a lot of women kind of think and have held on to. And what are the lies that we have believed that contribute to the pain that we feel during birth? I mean, so rewiring your brain and emotionally, mentally preparing, I'm sure that was totally life-changing. And now you can be a huge advocate for that. And I love that and change so many women's lives. It's wonderful. So what about your, from your son's birth, what would you say? Gosh, 
honestly, I poop so much with both of my kids. Like maybe I should like really cleanse myself before I go into it because man, it was so crazy. I, that honestly, because his birth was so amazing. That's probably the only thing that I would go back and like, you know, fix, but my, they used we, to we, do enemas before. I know, so we, I, uh, I don't know why I didn't do such a thing, but, but everyone was so awesome. And my mom is such a gangster. So like, listen to this. So we, we fill up the birthing tub and we fill it up in this back room here in our house. But then we're like, wait, how do we get the water out? And so obviously the water's filthy. Like it's, it's absolutely filthy. I made such a mess. And so, and so bless her heart. She gets a hose and she connects it to this birthing tub and she goes outside and she's siphons the no water out way. Oh. with her mouth. I'm like, oh my God, I, I could never do that. She must really love me. She but, does. You're her daughter. The things we do for our daughters. Oh, I know. Oh my. People ask me all the time, like, I'm so afraid to poop. I'm so afraid mm-hmm. to poop whenever I have babies. Honestly, you cannot help yourself. Every single part of your insides is pushing mm-hmm. out. And there's mm-hmm. literally, there was nothing I could do. There was yeah. nothing. But the midwives were so great about it even then. And because I don't even remember doing it with my first, obviously I, I look back on the videos and I did, it was everywhere, but they were so precious. The midwives just go, they scoop it up and they throw it oh, away, yeah. scoop it up and throw it away. It was no big deal to them. No. And so, yeah. Like, I have seen a lot of women's poo in my time as yeah. birth worker and I've scooped a lot of poo yeah. and you know what does not change one bit. What I think not about the woman, no, because uh-huh. that is just a physiological normal process. So it's yes. like, it is what it is. It is. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. I know. Well, I just love that you have come on here today and shared your story and that you're sharing your story on your social media platforms. Can you share what those are so people can find you? Yes. Yes. Currently it's at healthier Hannah blog on Instagram. TikTok's the same. I just kind of cross post any videos that I do over there, but Instagram, I'm the most active. I go in my stories and I talk about different things, what's going on in each day. And yeah, I would love to connect. I feel like right with that platform, I'm able to connect the most with, with new friends, with new followers. I'm very, very responsive and messages too. So, and if I end up changing my actual Instagram name at any point, you could just search my name, Hannah Cruz, and you should be able to find me. Wonderful. Well, we will put those links in the description so people can yes. find you and keep sharing your story. I love it. Go check Thank Hannah you. out. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Allie. You're awesome. I appreciate it. I just love talking with moms who have amazing birth stories and Hannah's did not disappoint. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I surely enjoy talking with Hannah. So go over to Instagram, follow her, her TikToks and Instagram reels are seriously hilarious. So you won't regret following her. Also, if you have a story to share and you would like to connect with me, I love hearing more stories. I can just tell When I'm doing an interview, I see the woman's face just light up with excitement talking about their birth. And you cannot convince me that birth is not important. And these stories, they so matter. So if you have one that you would like to share with me, go to Instagram, Empowered Birth Podcast, and send me a DM. I would love to hear your story, your heart behind birth, and just connect with you there. So thank you again for joining me today for this episode of the Empowered Birth Podcast. We'll see you next time. Stay empowered.